morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third and final hour of the Live with Rank Show, Free Speech Friday edition. You guys can call in with whatever you'd like, as you know, 269-441-9595. Once again, that's 269-441-9595. Love to hear from you. A couple things we talked about in the last couple hours. Does the University of Michigan football team, actually, could it be does the University of Michigan support people who hate America? I gave my case for that. You could check that out at WBCKFM.com. I also talked about this California group that's voted to now uh, give reparations to slave descendants. And just if you can prove your descendant. And I wonder how you can do that. Uh, by the way, I found some information when I was looking it up. I wanted to give with you uh, to you guys back in many of you may have heard the project 1619 where that woman from i believe she was eventually hired by the new york times or whatever just filled this thing with all kinds of lies you know back in 1619 is when they believe slavery first hit our shores here they call it the White Lion, apparently brought 20 enslaved Africans ashore in the British colony of Jamestown, Virginia. The crew had stole the Africans from a Portuguese slave ship. The History Channel, now check this out. The History Channel states, quote, though it's impossible to give accurate figures, some historians have estimated that six to seven million enslaved people were imported to the New World during the 18th century alone. So just the 18th century history, and I'm going to bring this up, that you should not be <laughs> using the History Channel or their website for any good information or true information. They believe six to seven million people were brought in as slaves in the 18th century to the New World. Why do I say I don't believe them anymore? Detroit News article states, quote, over the next two centuries being uh, from 1619 on, more than 300,000 men, women, and children were forcibly taken from Africa to the work on plantations in southern colonies and later the southern states. According to the Transatlantic Atlantic Slave Trade Database, a project funded by the National Endowment for the Humanities and maintained by Rice University. A little bit of a difference? Six to seven million and 300,000? Nah, be honest with you, I thought it would be higher than 300,000. I'm just giving you the data. So you either believe the History Channel, six to seven million people brought just in one de uh, century, 18th century, or the Transatlantic Slave Trade Database, a project funded by the National Endowment for the Humanities and maintained by Rice University that said it was 300,000 men, women, and children. And then on December 18, 1865, the 13th Amendment was adopted as part of the United States Constitution. It abolished slavery and immediately freed more than 100,000 enslaved people from Kentucky to Delaware. So it ended 157 years ago. Just some interesting information. Where do I want to go now? I thought I had something. Oh, here's something interesting, too. Top 50% of wagers in the United States. Remember, I was saying pay your fair share. Top 50% pay 97% of the taxes. Bottom 50%, 3%. Uh, I would ask those people, okay, these people say about fair share, fair share, because whenever you ask them what that fair share is, they can never define it. 
So I would say if the top 50% of Americans, wage earners, pay 97% of the tax and the bottom 50% pay 3%, who's paying their fair share? Can you explain that to me, Chucky or, uh, or Joey or uh, Kamala? Oh, talking about Kamala, did you hear her latest word salad? Well, this is the same Kamala. Here, let's first go to how she explains what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. We'll start with that. Let's build up to this. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. <laughs> basically that's wrong. And then we move on to Kamala saying this word salad. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. Right, the significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. And yesterday, let's move on to Jamaica. We also recognize, just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. Okay. You know, and this is fun when you can laugh at this stuff. But what you really should be is angry at the Democrat Party for putting someone like that a heartbeat away from the presidency. Let's get serious here. That's what you should be concerned about. Yes, we can make fun of her, you know, less than a I don't even know how she graduated from law school. Is it that easy to graduate from law school? I doubt it. The word salads that she puts out there. Just don't laugh at it and say, oh, my God, how, did they, how could they do that? Think about Biden and the Democrat Party did this to us. And that's what's sad. Then you get Max, Maxine Waters the other day. She's talking to a group of homeless people. Have you heard this one? Maxine Waters talking to a group of homeless people and says this. Another another location where they're taking F. Is there any more locations than this one? There might have been so many people out here. One minute. I want everybody to go home. And I want We don't got no home. That's why we here. Miss Waters, can you home? We got to go too. Just a moment. 
I want everybody to go home. And that woman, rightfully so, says, we ain't got no home. Where do you want us to go? Again, we should be upset with the party for, well, in this case, it would be the people who, who've actually um, voted for her to put someone like that in a position of power. And now they want to put a Supreme Court justice, Judge Jackson, in a position of power when she can't define what a woman is. She either does not know or can't define it, won't define it for political reasons. And then uses the excuse she can't define what a woman is because she's not a biologist. Which means every one of you out there cannot define what you're, according to Judge Jackson, who will probably be a next Supreme Court justice, unless you're a veterinarian, you cannot determine what animal you have. Now, I found this funny. I heard this this morning, and uh, or actually, I should I said Shay found it. This is a representative good, a congressman good. He's a Republican, I think, from Tennessee. And he was at a meeting yesterday, committee hearing, and said this. The gentleman from Virginia is recognized for two minutes. Thank you, person speaker. And I, I say person speaker because I'm not a biologist and out of respect to our Supreme Court nominee, I don't feel qualified to say Madam Speaker. But I do rise in opposition to this bill. The Affordable Insulin Now Act is just more now of that, government my friends, controlling. is good. And you see how he just went right into it, didn't chuckle or anything, and he's exactly right. This is how we all should speak now. The gentleman from Virginia is recognized for two minutes. Thank you, person speaker. And I, I say person speaker because I'm not a biologist and out of respect to our Supreme Court nominee, I don't feel qualified to say Madam Speaker. But I do. There you go. I had, I had fun with that one. I hope you guys did. Rand Paul, here's the headline. Rand Paul just savaged liberals who peddled the Russian collusion narrative. Republican Kentucky Senator Rand Paul on Tuesday jokingly called for an investigation into Russian ties with environmentalists to needle liberals who pushed the narrative the Kremlin colluded with the Trump campaign. Quote, maybe we should get a special prosecutor, end quote. Paul said during an appearance on a Newsmax show, quote, maybe we need to spend about $100 million investigating Putin's contributions to the green alarmists in our country, end quote. That's true. Putin does give to these greenies because he wants them to uh, make it harder on us to defend ourselves. Paul added, I don't know if it's true, but you can imagine there's probably more truth to that than any of the BS they put forth about trying to connect the Russians to the Trump campaign. End quote. Environmentalist groups opposed the King's uh, Keystone XL pipeline. They opposed uh, Line 5 here in Michigan. Now, everybody will sit there and say, look at Brand Paul. Great, great, great. He, he was coming down on these people who peddled the Russian collusion narrative. What did I tell you yesterday? Three Senate Republicans shattered party unity to advance the nomination of a State Department nominee who's been accused of lying to Congress about the terms of the nuclear agreement with Iran. One of those. Rand Paul. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back. You listen to Live with Rank on this free speech Friday, 269 441 9595. 
if you'd like to give us a call. And inflation gauge is closely monitored by the Federal Reserve. Jumped 6.4% in February compared to a year ago. So total inflation jumped 8.7.9%, almost 8%, I think it was for February. I don't know. This must be another gauge of 6.4%. Then they try to tell you that, well, it was 5.4% if you take prices for food and energy out. Who believes that it's only going to increase 1% for the month? Now, I know there's heavy numbers involved here, but really 1% when the most expensive inflation, at least what affects us, is food and energy. That has gone through the roof. Every week when we go to the grocery store, we get disappointed. We get depressed. I shouldn't say depressed, but disappointed and, 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 and concerned. Now we're buying stuff just to have as a backup because in a month from now, it could be double the price or 50% more or 25% more. Now, something I brought up earlier and give you more of the numbers. Yesterday, Biden came out and he said he's going to start to put 1 million barrels of oil each day for the next 180 days into the market from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. As I said to you earlier, those of you who are listening, we use 22 million barrels of oil each day. So, I, again, you decide what he's doing here. Is it a political move? By the way, what happens six months from now? We're just about getting to our election. But even then, it's not going to work. The last two, I saw numbers that said the first one maybe dropped it a little bit. The second one, not at all. The second time they did it. Here's the third time. I don't remember them doing it a second time, to be honest with you, but that's what some of those reports out there. It doesn't matter. Just, just use your common sense. If we consume 22 million barrels of oil a day, that's just the United States. And they're putting 1 billion barrels more, excuse me, 1 million barrels more a day into the world market. Now, I don't know what other countries, if they're going to do it or not, but let's just look at the United States. 1 million. What is that going to do for the price of gasoline, do you think? And, by the way, 180 million barrels of oil that they're going to release in the next six months is two days of the world's need in production. Also, the current Strategic Petroleum Reserve currently holds 568.3 million barrels, its lowest since May of 20, excuse me, of 2002. That's according to the U.S. Energy Department. They want to give a third of it away or sell a third of it. And replenish it for how much? Well, when it goes back down. How do we know it's going to go back down? By, think about that. Biden and the Democrats are fighting all they can for oil not to go back down. So we wouldn't get, if they stay in power, the ability to buy it any cheaper. During Trump's can, uh, administration, $26 a barrel it was. Trump's like, let's, let's restock our strategic petroleum reserve. Let's do it now. Chuck Schumer and the Democrats in the Senate stopped that. Apparently, they had the power to stop it, and they did.
here's some good news from the perspective of saving this country. Voter enthusiasm for Republicans in the midterms highest since 2010. Politico is reporting this, a leftist center paper. Top Democratic advisors are sounding the alarm about voter enthusiasm ahead of this year's midterm elections. The Republicans now enjoy their widest polling margin since 2010. The most recent NBC poll found an enormous, this is Politico, 17-point Republican advantage in enthusiasm, which is one only one part of a, quote, trend line that is especially grim, end quote, for Democrats. Politico goes on to report, quote, it's beginning to look like nothing is going to bail the party out of this year. The last time the enthusiasm gap was this wide in 2010, Democrats lost more than 60 seats in the House, end quote. They're thinking now it could be over 70. Even Barack Obama's advisor, David Axelrod, admitted that, quote, the atmosphere clearly is not promising for Democrats to buck historical trends, end quote. They go on to say, not only are Democrats saddled with Joe Biden's, quote, weak job approval numbers, end quote, and falling behind Republicans on the generic ballot, political observed that now they're also, quote, confronting a supercharged Republican electorate, end quote. And isn't that sad that it's only a supercharged Republican electorate to save this country? Every time it has to be the Republicans who play like adults to come back and save this country. About two-thirds of Republicans say they're interested in participating in the midterms, according to the poll, compared with just half of Democrats. Quote, we've got to stop fooling ourselves here, end quote, said a former top advisor to Democrat New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Quote, we are in the strongest, then then, uh, they write this. Some top Democrats, Heather, don't seem to be heeding that advice. Quote, we are in the strongest position we've been in months. End quote. That's what Biden thinks. That's his quote. We need to save this country, and I hope there's more that come, not just Republicans go to the polls to save this country. I hope all Americans, 269-441-9595. Do you think we're over this? I was watching Tucker Carlson last night, and in his monologue, he believed that it's done. We're done. He thinks America's done with this crazy liberalism. Men are women. Women are men. We don't know what you are. Decide what what you are. Uh, The attack on freedom of speech, all this super liberalism that's coming from the Democrat Party today and many people voted for. He believes it's over. Kind of like COVID was over with the American people before government ever knew about it. Do you think it's over? Do you think Americans are over it? And it has to be more than just the Republicans. It has to be the quote-unquote independents and hopefully some moderate Democrats. Give us a call or call whatever you'd like. It's Free Speech Friday, 269-441-9595. You're listening to Live with Rank. I appreciate that. I apologize, too. I played those three clips from Kamala Harris, but I didn't play them in order. Well, actually, I should I, I, I should say I missed one. So let me go through what I did before, and then I'll play the one I missed. 
So this is what I think, if I remember correctly, started off her uh, word salad. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. And then she was asked to explain what's going on in Ukraine and Russia in, you know, a little bit, uh, what's the word I want to use? In a lower level than, you know, geopolitical issues. And she said this. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. <laughs> Forgot that last part. So basically that's wrong. And then yesterday about Jamaica. We also recognize just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will... So you get the point. And then I forgot this one. This is the one that started it all off. Does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former... Administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. And so right now we know we still have a number of people that that is in the million. And again, we can have fun with it, but it, it, this is deeply serious that the Democrat Party put forth this person to be a heartbeat away from the presidency. Now, no one believes that Biden, her, or any of them are actually uh, running the government. There's some somebody behind them that has to be more than likely doing it. Earlier, I was talking about the slavery reparations, and I had said that we have passed all kinds of laws to mitigate all these issues that legitimately complained about, that they legitimately complained about, the 1968 Fair Housing Act, the 1977 Community Reinvestment Act, Affirmative Action Laws. I read this today. The historic United Artists Building that once served as a theater in the city's downtown, we're talking about Detroit, will soon be home to nearly 150 mixed-income apartments in a $75 million redevelopment. The black-led project aims to, see, they have to, because color is all that matters these days. The black-led project aims to transform the nearly century-old building shuttered for almost 50 years on Bagley Street into 148 apartments, 20% of which will be allocated as affordable housing at 80% the area medium income. 
Slated to open in late 2023, residents can expect one and two bedroom units will be up to 1,300 square feet. That's huge. And 10,000 square feet of retail and dining space along Bagley. Bringing the building back to life will be costly. The project received $43 million in federal tax funds from the housing and urban development multifamily housing load. $8.5 million from the downtown development funds. Another $7 million from the Michigan Strategic Fund. And $3 million in federally community, uh, commu federal community development block granting funding. Taxpayer money, taxpayer money, taxpayer money, taxpayer money. Should we be in housing? I want to play for you an interesting uh, discussion that happened yesterday. I think it was Obama's former Department of Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson, and others were talking about, I think it was on MSNBC or NBC, what's going on on our southern border. Listen to Obama's guy, all right? This isn't a righty. This is a lefty. Drops Title 42 rule on uh, using COVID rules to deny it entry uh, for asylum. I think that will make move that public safety argument to the border. I mean, by all accounts, there have been a million encounters returned under Title 42 in the last six months. Mr. Secretary certainly is the expert on, on, yeah, on this. I, I know something about yeah. Yeah. I would react yes. to that. Is yeah. he, do you think, what do you think? Um, so I want to use your expertise. Border is a tough issue. Um, I am waiting to see when and if they drop Title 42 for the, for the southern border. Um, it is, frankly, a way to keep the numbers down, uh, though these numbers are pretty high. Right. Just for perspective. By the way, summer is about to come. Right. And summer, well, the, the, typically the largest it. months are March, April. Okay, we're just, we're and in it. We're, yeah. we're surging right now. Just for perspective, we're about to hit one million in six months. Uh, my highest year was 468,000 in the entire year, and that politically felt like the world was coming to an end. Right. Uh, so these are these are very very large numbers. They're they're unsustainable in my view, and you make a good point that if Title 42 is lifted, then the public health debate may move to the southern border. The worst year he had was 461,000. In six months, we're at a million. That we know of. I legitimately, legitimately ask the question, why does this party hate America so much that they're allowing this insurrection invasion to occur? They're leading it. Joe Biden, his administration, the Democrats are leading this insurrection against our country. I want to play this for you, too. A whole bunch of audio that I had from the week that I haven't played, but I think is important here. Matt Gates was confronting an FBI agent, the head, if I understand remember correctly, of the cyber unit. Cyber unit has to do with what? Internet and computers. So this guy is the head of the computer bureau department in the FBI. And here's their discussion Matt had with him, Congressman Gates from Florida, just the other day. So where is it? The laptop. Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. I'm here to talk about the FBI cyber program. You are the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. 
That is astonishing to me. Is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir, the FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18 or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right? Using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. How are Americans supposed to trust that you can protect us from the next colonial pipeline if it seems that you can't locate a laptop that was given to you three years ago from the first family, potentially creating vulnerabilities for our country? Sir, it's, it's not in the purview of my investigative responsibilities. But, but that is shocking that, that you wouldn't, as the assistant director of cyber, know whether or not there are international business deals, kickbacks, shakedowns that are on this laptop that would make the first family suspect to, to some sort of compromise. Mr. Assistant Director, have you assessed whether or not the first family is compromised as a result of the Hunter Biden laptop? Sir, as a representative of the FBI cyber program, it is not in the realm of my responsibilities to deal with the questions that you're asking me. Ha has anyone at FBI cyber been asked to make assessments whether or not the laptop creates a point of vulnerability? Sir, we have multiple lines of investigative responsibility in the FBI. They're all available in public source. Well, I would think you'd know this one. I mean, I would think that if the president's son, who does international business deals, referencing the now president with the Chinese, with Ukrainians, I mean, have you assessed whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop gives Russia the ability to harm our country? Sir, again... We can do this back and forth for the next couple of minutes. I don't have any information about the Hunter Biden laptop or the investigation. But should you? I mean, you're the assistant director of FBI cyber. By, my, by the block and line chart? No, sir, I should not. Who should, who should we put in that chair to ask questions about this laptop that FBI has had for three years? Sir, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in a position to make a recommendation who should say So you don't have it. You don't know who has it. You don't know where it is. You're the assistant director. You know, earlier you talked about whether or not you were the Grant Hill or the Christian Leitner. It sounds like you're the Chris Weber trying to call a timeout when you don't have one. So I mean, who is it? Do you even know who has it? Do you know who we should put in that chair to ask these questions to? No, sir, I don't know who has it. Well, it, could you find out and tell us? You're going to have to give us briefings, thanks to Mr. Liu and Mr. Massey's question, about whether or not the FBI was taking a $5 million test drive on the Pegasus system that was being used to target people in politics, people in government, people in the media, people in American life. So will you commit to give us a briefing as the assistant director of FBI Cyber as to where the laptop is, whether or not it's a point of vulnerability, whether or not the American people should wonder whether or not the first family is compromised? Sure, I'd be happy to take your request back to our office. Gosh, I mean, will you advocate for that briefing? As sure. a, you, you will? I will be happy to take your request back to FBI headquarters. Well, will you, do you believe that that is a briefing that the Congress 
is is worthy of having, I guess. Sir, I'm, I am, I'm not going to answer that question. Right? I'm here to talk. The invitation, that, sir, the invitation says oversight of the FBI's cyber division. It does not say anything. Well, well right, but I mean, this is, this is a cyber asset. This it's is a, a point of vulnerability. Asset. If there are passwords, if there are business deals, if there are references to things that could harm our country, like you can't even sit here right now and say that you know that there's not a point of vulnerability. Maybe there are other crimes, maybe there are tax issues or whatever, but as it relates to our, I mean, it, is the first family sufficient cyber infrastructure to protect? You don't even know if they're compromised. Tell you what, Mr. Chairman. Tell me we're not corrupt or we don't have major issues at the top of our FBI. 95.3 WBCK. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split-second moment in time, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. And that's why when others look away, Susan G. Komen leans in. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Fighting breast cancer takes funding for research to discover the next new treatment, providing access to quality and affordable health care and people willing to take action by raising funds and raising their voice to advocate for others. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear... Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off at school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Your chance to win up to $10,000 with WBCK's cash code begins Monday, April 4th. Brought to you by Mr. Don's Restaurant in Battle Creek. Essentially awesome since 1952 on 95.3.
Jason alive with Rank. Appreciate that. Senator Rick Scott, former governor of Florida and senator now, has a 11-point plan to rescue America. And here it is. Number one, every child in every school to say the Pledge of Allegiance, stand for the national anthem, and learn that America is the greatest country in this world. <laughs> He's going to get Democrats mad at him about that one. Number two, a complete end to racial politics. Well, then what politics will there be on the left? Number three, treating socialism as a foreign adversary and will use all force to stop it from destroying our country. <sighs> Number four, the end to our economic relationship with communist China. Number five, term limits not only for politicians, but also for government bureaucrats. Amen. Amen on the bureaucrat side. Totally agree with that. As I've been told by many term limited out state representatives and senators here in the state of Michigan over the years. Rank, you got to understand, people don't understand. It's the bureaucrats who are always there that run the state, not us. And think about what happened with President Trump. He was the president and the bureaucrats still fought against him. In some cases, not doing what they were told to do and didn't or were not held accountable. Number six, common sense, such as men and women, excuse me, Men are men, women are women, there are two genders, and science confirms that unborn babies are human beings. Number seven, a complete end to voter fraud and for protecting the integrity of our elections. Number eight, an end to the foolish soft on crime policies that are destroying our cities and killing innocent Americans. Number nine, securing our border, building the wall, and naming it after President Donald Trump. Wow. And uh, I he has... Um, Here's the knock at either him or whoever reported this. There are no 10 and 11 that was reported in that article I saw it at. It says, here's the headline, Senator Rick Scott lays out 11-point plan to rescue America, but only gave us nine. Unless maybe I, did I uh, double up a couple? I don't know. So that's how he says to start our path down to save America. Every child in every school to, learns to say the Pledge of Allegiance, stand for the national anthem, and learn that America is the greatest country in the world. A complete end to racial politics. Treating socialism as a foreign adversary, and we will use all force to stop it from destroying our country. To end our economic relationship with communist China. That would be tough, but certainly we need to stop relying on them on all our medicine and what else, whatever else we would need. Common sense such as men are men, women are women. There are two genders, and science confirms that unborn babies are human beings. Number one, science has confirmed that there are only two genders. A complete end to voter fraud and for protecting the integrity of our elections, an end to the foolish soft on crime policies that are destroying our cities and killing innocent Americans and secure our border, building the wall and naming it after President Donald Trump. That, I think, is a good idea. I think that would be a good idea. Republican lawmakers are challenging the Biden administration's decision. You ready for this one? To shut down the Justice Department's China initiative following a series of high-profile cases against Chinese nationals accused of spying the U.S. 
Think about that. Why did, why are they shutting this down? I told you. I told you that they have him over a barrel because they paid money to Biden through his son. Why would you be shutting down the China initiative? It's unbelievable. A trio of House Republicans alleged in a letter to the Justice Department that the agency scrapped the Trump-era China initiative due to pressure from progressive activists and the Chinese Communist Party. Republicans will also introduce a bill this week to require the Justice Department to release an annual report laying out the latest the agency's efforts to combat China's national security threat. Just think about it. You don't even have to be, uh, or I should say, this isn't a partisan thing. We know what China's capable of doing. We know they're our number one geopolitical foe. We know that they steal our company's information. We know that they steal our government's information. We know that they are playing hardball and we are playing tiddlywinks. And the Biden shuts down the Department of China initiative for whatever reason, without giving us, because there is no reason, they're, uh, the, the administration announced an end to the China initiative last month. Even as he, they acknowledged the program was driven by, quote, genuine national security concerns, end quote, over China's aggressive espionage activity on U.S. soil. They, then why are you shutting it down? Well, do they have something on Biden? Who knows? Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show today. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday at 9 a.m. You're listening to The Live with Rank Show.